Welcome, everyone, to the Nerd Journey Podcast, Episode 1, Release Candidate 2. I'm your host, John White, on Twitter, at VJourneyman, joined by my co-host, Nick Cordy, at NetworkNerd underscore. How are you doing, Nick? Hey, I'm doing great, John. It was a good weekend, you know, came came back from Oklahoma City on Friday afternoon, and lo and behold, there was an eight-year-old little girl sleepover that I was a part of, invited to, and pretty much enjoyed <laughs> Nice. Very nice. You have a, an eight-year-old. I'm, I'm taking it. <laughs> yeah. She she loves second grade. A couple of her best friends came over and we made an evening of it. Went to the movies and they had some hot cocoa and then they all passed out because it was really late. <laughs> now, did you go to a movie that caused a sing-along at any point? We didn't sing along because we didn't know the words. It was all music we hadn't heard. It was that new movie, Coco. It's oh, actually I've, really good. I've heard great things about that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. So uh, I, what do you have coming up for the next week? So next week is a trip to Austin, actually. Oh, okay. Great. Great. It could be a a one trip a week thing. I have no idea. I kind of doubt it. but. <laughs> All right. Um, so what are we looking forward to in the next week? Well, John... We're going to we're going to be joining the listeners out there every week to talk IT career news and opinions based on our points of view because we're both VMware systems engineers our topics are going to be slightly tilted toward the data center but hopefully our career discussions will be relevant across the board and evergreen but you know ultimately we're just two nerds on a journey to virtual enlightenment so let's take a trip awesome awesome how is that opening for you guys? I feel good about it. I mean, we've done it a few times now. Yeah, I'm yeah. getting, I'm feeling the rhythm. Cool, cool. I'm still, I'm still not sure, but I honestly haven't thought of anything else. So uh, let's go with it. <laughs> yeah, we, we have to. <laughs> nice. All right, let's get to format. Um, we actually have uh, a few topics this week. Um, we have two career topics up top. We're going to be talking about career advancement, both committing to it and evaluating the options for it. And then we're going to go into a pretty exciting topic for me, uh, Nick's first week at VMware, talking to him about what that's like. Um, but let's get started by uh, uh, talking about career advancement. Um, you and I actually had a an idea to submit a um, an entry for, for the VMUG uh, conferences, right? Absolutely. So we have a joint conference that is under consideration. And it is all about uh, advancing one's career as an IT practitioner. So the VMUG is the VMware users group, and they have some larger get-togethers um, and uh, conferences. It's almost like, uh, I think you pointed out to me once, it's almost like a mini VMworld, right? Yeah, and it's based on the number of attendees that come each year or to the meetings consistently. They have, uh, they have user cons. And I think if you have a certain number of attendees, the leaders get more money for budget and can look at different venues, that kind of thing. Everyone I've been to in Dallas-Fort Worth is very good. I mean, it's it's a whole-day event, and it's free. Nice. So you can, you can nerd out with people all day long, take the day off work, hopefully, for free. Very, very cool. Yeah. So um, it's interesting. I've been to a couple users groups, um, and all the ones when I lived in Southern California that I went to, it's interesting because I, I met – you know, future coworkers there. So, um, Oh, nice. Yeah. Actually 
two guys that are both uh, VMware systems engineers now. So I certainly am not going to guarantee that that could happen to you, but <laughs> never know, I guess. Yeah, I guess, I guess that's, that's three of us at one meeting. Actually, the one meeting I went to in Los Angeles, there were two other guys that ended up working as VMware SEs and me. So the world is so much smaller than we think. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. So let's get back to what our actual content is going to be. We're going to have a session you know, we're pitching a session. It certainly hasn't been accepted or even reviewed yet. But um, we are talking about doing this, uh, regardless of whether we, we do it at a user con. Um, and it's a session all about um, advancing one's career as an IT practitioner, right? Mm-hmm. So we have, I think, two points um, of the many that we had pitched in our uh, session that we wanted to talk about and flesh out today. And the first was committing to advancement. And the second is evaluating options for advancement. So let's talk about committing to advancement first. Um, I know what it means to me, Nick, but what does it mean to you when I say committing to career advancement? Committing to me? Well, I mean, it, it's not in the same way as a relationship like a marriage necessarily. But you know, it it is a you need some skin in the game so that you will actually do it. If you're making a commitment, you are saying, giving your word that you're going to do something, and hopefully that's enough to <laughs> encourage you to do it. But you know, I, I tend to think back a little bit before the commitment to advancing your career to when you begin to think about it, because you know, before you can decide, hey, I want to do this, you 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 may have days or or weeks, or, or just random thoughts about, you know, maybe I'm not doing the thing that I was meant to do, or mm. I don't really like what I'm doing, or, you know, it's not that I don't like what I'm doing, but I feel like I'm capable of something more. Do you ever have thoughts like that, John? I definitely have in the past, and I think that um, I actually got some career mentoring, and the mentor told me that I really needed to figure out what it is that my dream work environment would look like or be like or what the experience would be like, you know. So I, I really took some time um, for myself to do that. And I came up with a couple things like, for example, I wanted to be challenged. I wanted to be around smart people that didn't think exactly the same way that I think. I wanted to be pushed to be learning things all the time. And I wanted to uh, be asked to mentor other people um, to help them to learn new things and, and gain new skills. So um, those don't have anything to do with specific IT technology, and it doesn't have anything to do with a specific company, but it was a great exercise um, that I went through to figure out what it is that I wanted from a workplace and from an employer. So I would um, encourage um, anybody who's thinking about, you know, kind of thinking about making a change to, to kind of go through that exercise too. What is it a, what is it that you would want in an ideal environment? And what is the gap between your current environment and that environment? And sometimes it's a very small gap and it, you know, there's things that, that could be tweaked or changed or, you know, um, and, uh, and all of a sudden you'd be uh, working your, your dream environment. Right. So um, it's yeah. worth, worth figuring that out. I like that word environment because it's all encompassing. As you said, it has to do both with the type of company, the type of role, the type of responsibilities, the perks, everything that comes along with it. And, you know, I think that 
sometimes the folks in those smaller companies are the ones maybe that are out there dreaming of something more, wouldn't you say? I mean, hasn't that kind of been the experience? You're in a small company, maybe you're not unhappy, you enjoy what you do, but after a few years go by, you think about your situation and you think, well, there's not really somewhere for me to go. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think that probably um, you and I can both uh, uh, feel for those people as well because we, we both came from you know, small and medium-sized businesses um, and mm-hmm. IT departments where, you know, there wasn't necessarily a, a growth path, right? A career path, a path for advancement. You know, maybe there was somebody who could say, hey, you know, I'm going to give you a raise this year. But but that's not the same thing as advancing your IT career. You know, it is one form of advancement, um, you know, compensation advancement. But it's certainly not the only thing, right? Um, usually when we talk about advancement, um, we think about growing in skills, growing in responsibility, uh, you know, even a change in environment. It's, it's not necessarily a change, but, but sometimes it is. So, um, yeah. So hopefully with a change in income. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. It, it, it definitely could be. I, I definitely have found myself in the past in places where I, where I thought to myself, I'd probably take a little bit less money for the right environment and the right environment would be maybe similar to what I have now, but with a path forward, right? So if I'm in my current position and I'm topped out, you know, would I take, you know, a two or 3% cut to be doing something similar, but be at the bottom of the ladder instead of at the top? You know what I mean? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I have seen blog posts where people said they took a pay cut to work at a particular place because of those very reasons. Right. Right. I like that. So if we, if we get back to that commitment part that you you mentioned, you know, should you decide that okay, I want to do something to either make more money or become a manager, learn a new skill and do what I'm doing better, maybe move into a new role with the same company or a different company because it doesn't necessarily have to mean you change where you work. Very true. You know, if you did the right things and aligned yourself with the right business units you might even be able to build a whole new role for yourself if it was valuable to the company very true but but making that when you make that commitment you're gonna have to promise yourself that you will take some time it may not be a lot of time depending on what your roles and responsibilities are to dedicate yourself to sharpening some skills because ultimately you're gonna have to learn new skills to advance in some way wouldn't you agree yeah, definitely. I think, um, for example, I mean, this is just a, a scenario that I'm making up, but maybe somebody who's been working on uh, operating systems most of their career, you know, Windows and Linux uh, server operating systems, but wants to add maybe a uh, virtualization um, exposure and, and skill set, or maybe, you know, storage and networking and, and, and envisions a path that maybe more of an architect role and sees the gap in, in some of those, those other data center skills, right? Well, to actually, you know, gain those skills, it's going to take time. It's going to take training and it's going to take practical exposure to those, those skills. So, um, that's, that's not, you know, effortless. It's definitely going to involve. Oh, absolutely not. (laughs) Yeah. It's never effortless. And you, you know, you want to, figure out how to put some skin in the game for yourself so that you will 
either hold yourself accountable or get someone else to hold yourself hold you accountable. You know, if if you were going to pay me to take a class to advance my career, that'd be a lot better than me just deciding to do it myself. Ah, yeah, definitely. And I've definitely seen things like that where, you know, people approach their employer and say, "Hey, I want to take a this you know certification track class and the and the employer says okay well if you take it and then you pass the certification then i will pay for it you know um mm-hmm. so you know that that type of thing is definitely possible right um you just have to make a decision you know and then and then actually follow through on it and and like you said put some skin in the game right right i also you know think it's just like a you know maybe the more we talk about it, the more I say there's, you know, maybe a couple different kinds of commitment. There's the emotional commitment, right? Which is actually following through day to day and saying, Hey, I committed to myself that I wanted to advance my career and I actually need to do something to spend some time to, um, you know, spend some effort to, to actually work on that. Even just to sit down and think about that today rather than, Oh, I'm tired. I'm not going to, I'll leave it till tomorrow. I'll, I'll work, you know, two hours on it tomorrow instead of one, you know, that that's, that's not actually how things advance, right? <laughs> and that's how things get pushed back and then eventually get abandoned. Right. And then there's the time commitment, right? So you've made the emotional commitment. Now let's make the time commitment and let's, you know, spend a, an actual, you know, set amount of time. I, I would recommend somebody start out with a small amount of time, you know, just say, mm-hmm. Hey, can you spend 15 minutes a day, you know, Monday through Friday, um, thinking about, um, and recording your thoughts on how you could advance your career, what, you know, a good, um, uh, dream job environment would look like, what the gaps are between what you have now and what that is and, and record that all you need to do is spend 15 minutes a day. And then when you're done with that and one 15 minutes a day feels effortless, can you spend 30 minutes a day? And when that feels effortless, can you spend 45 minutes a day and, and really ramp up that way? I think, you know, at a certain point I was, I committed to myself. I was up to, you know, 20 hours a week looking for a new job, you know, cause wow. I decided that, you know, searching for a job was a job, you know, that I was going to, it was a part-time job that I had to look for a new job. So, you know, was I great at it? Was I perfect at it? I, I didn't spend 40 hours a week, um, which is what I wanted to do, but you know, 20 hours a week was the commitment that I was, I was able to get to. So, yeah, that's great. And if anybody out there is listening and wants to take a course on the John White methodology of finding yourself a new job, if you would just contact me at networks nerd underscore on Twitter, uh, we can talk about the pricing for that course and, and the way it's delivered. Uh, <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to get that out there because I think it'd be a great course for folks out there. But yeah, I, you know, to your point, John, I knew a guy that uh, that I worked with, and he told me that he likes to spend 15 minutes a day, every day, doing something he enjoys because that's his time. He owns it. You know, it's not his family's time. It's not his employer's time. It's no one else's but his. And you know that that 15 minutes doing what you enjoy could be working on your career. It could yeah. be something else, but you know, in the career focus, you don't have to be necessarily locked in a room somewhere it could be on your way home from work or you could just spend some quiet time thinking definitely you know grabbing a cup of coffee in a break room that's empty when no one else is in there you can just sit there and think read some blogs surf out on the community definitely 
I, I would I would recommend that that time needs to be spent, you know, contiguous, like it needs to be 15 straight minutes. Um, and it, you need to, you know, commit to doing it and doing it on the, you know, on the regular. And then also uh, keep notes, right? Record mm-hmm. your uh, thoughts and feelings and uh, and figure out, you know, over time what, what patterns you see emerging from that. Yeah. So. And I think that leads perfectly into that second part about evaluating your options. You know, once you... Once you get yourself committed to working on your career, working on skills, you know, you can work on skills all day long, but you probably also want to know how can these actually be used to get me to where I want to be. So maybe it's that you think, to use your example from earlier, that getting some virtualization experience under your belt or going to a solutions architect type role might be for you. Go and talk to some people that do that thing that you think might be interesting. You know, they're out there on Twitter, in the Spiceworks community, other online communities, and just pick brains because those people would be happy to let you sit and pick their brains. I love doing that at in-person meetups in the community. Find out what they do every day and find out how they got to be in that role in the first place. And you might find that there are a lot of similarities between where they came from and where you are now. And those folks can advise you on some things that they did that helped them take things to the next level, so to speak. It doesn't necessarily mean that you need to do those same things. But if you talk to enough people, you'll get a lot of good ideas. And then you can kind of take that and make your own plan. Definitely. Definitely, for sure. I, I really like that plan of, of attending meetups and, and meeting people that have roles that, you know, maybe you don't know anything about. What does a solution architect do? You know, um, what are the skills that I would need to do that, you know, and then and finding out that gap and investigating that gap. And I think that, you know, when you talk about evaluating options, you, you really do have to do some brainstorming, you know, another uh, task for that 15 minutes a day, um, mm-hmm. 30 minutes a day, 45 minutes a day. You know, what are the different roles that I could take? You know, is it adding a new skill? Is it getting better and uh, getting promoted and grade in, in the position that I have? Um, is it working for a new company that has, you know, a better work environment? Um, all of those things are, are possible, you know, outcomes of that option evaluation and you need to write all those down and then you need to find, you know, those common things and, and maybe start, you know, evaluating whether you can, you know, take some actions that hit, you know, seven out of the 10, uh, uh possible, um, options that I have, you know, for me. Yeah. Where I am you in this situation. (laughs) (laughs) And we are one, aren't we? And and in in these kind of cases, you know, maybe you've evaluated and you need to build these five skills. But think about how you can leverage what you do today with those new skills. You know, Dom Delfino in an episode of The Geek Whispers, I think it was the first one he did – around episode 85, I can't remember, but he said, be great at what you're doing right now, or there won't be a tomorrow. There won't be a future for you. So you can leverage those new skills that you're learning on your own time to make your job easier and better right now and help you get to where you want to be. So it doesn't have to be completely separate and apart from what you're doing now. You know what I mean? If I'm if I'm learning DevOps methodologies and things like that, I can apply that 
in my systems administrator role tomorrow. Definitely. Or at least be thinking about ways because that gives me experience and it helps my current employer and it may get me promoted there. Yeah. Yeah. I I really like that idea of, of finding the things that could help you in your current position right, right then and there. Um, I think, uh, you know, one of the things that you have to watch out for and when we talk about, you know, this methodology, right. Uh, making a commitment and then, spending time, you know, actually, you know, evaluate, coming up with options and evaluating them. Um, there's the person who is in a role who is overworked, oversubscribed, you know, working 50 hours a week already. Um, and maybe that's the thing that they want to change. Right. Um, so yeah. Do you have any thoughts about how we could, uh, advise somebody who's in that position? Hey, my problem right now is that, you know, I have so much work to do that it's crowding out my personal life and I don't have time for my family. And, and that's, you know, definitely not something I want to sacrifice. Um, I would say in that case, you have a couple different choices. Number one, hopefully you have a good enough relationship with your boss to be able to go and talk to him or her and say, look, I am consistently working 50 to 60 hours a week in order to complete the things that, I feel or you have told me are important. You know, it's not that I'm working slow or anything like that. It's just more volume than I can do in 40 hours. And you might want to have some metrics to back that up. And hopefully they'll, they will understand. And you would think that most bosses don't want their employees to work that many hours a week because your productivity can actually go down. Definitely. You could put your health at risk in certain ways and, and maybe your boss can shed some light on some things that maybe you thought were more important than they actually were or can help you look at your work in a different way so that at the end of the day or at the end of your – let's say you cut it back to 45 hours, you can let certain issues go to the next day. And be okay with it because your boss is okay with it and the business is okay with it. Ah, I see what you're saying. Prior, Set some boundaries there. Yeah. Right. Yeah, very true. Very true. Cool. Well, I think that we have a lot of ideas and we could probably talk for hours and hours about this this single topic, but we should probably move on. I, one thing I will do is I'll, I'll put in one uh, plug. We do have uh, systems engineering positions at VMware available almost all the time. Right. It's a it's a position that we're constantly looking for people to fill those great positions. And and one mm-hmm. of the uh, one of the fields that we hire out of is individual uh, contributors in IT roles or, or IT managers, too, actually. So um, I currently have a list of those open positions that I try to update weekly. It's at uh, the URL um, I'll put in the show notes. But in case, uh, you know, people want to write it down, it's a uh, bit.ly slash vmw dash na dash se so vmw like vmware na like north america and se like systems engineer so i'm sure in a future uh, show or over a series of shows we will talk about what that systems engineering position actually is at vmware since we both are that um we you know probably will try to address that topic but um yeah i think so yeah Awesome. Uh, yeah, so let's uh, move on to segment two, uh, career advancement uh, as experienced by one of us. Specifically, you, Nick, 
just uh, finished up week one at VMware. We're recording on December 10th, 2017. Um, I don't know when we'll release this, but um, you are uh, first week under the belt. Uh, what's it been like? I'll tell you what, man. It's a big company, as you know, <laughs> and it's it's a little bit different than working in the SMB. You know, my last two jobs were supporting, say, 150 to 200 users in one and around 65 to 70 in the other. So all around the spectrum, it's different, and I'm doing something different to boot. But if you think about it from just an onboarding perspective, you know, in small companies, the onboarding process is probably some sort of small HR orientation. You meet your manager, you might meet and greet some other people at your office, but that's probably about it. Now, in my previous company, the the one where I worked at an HR services company, they used a learning platform called Lessonly. And I really liked that because you could go in and watch the, you know, one to two minute intro videos on get to know this person and allow you to know a little something about your coworkers before you met them in person and they would have their company trainings on there, company meetings that you could go in and, you know, sign up to to complete this task, or maybe you get assigned that task as part of your onboarding. And it, I really liked that. You know, that was something that was different than what I was exposed to before that really made me feel more welcome and more ingrained as an employee. Well, at VMware, that kind of gets taken to the nth degree. I think it was day two. I turned on my laptop and logged in and I have 35 emails from our learning platform that says you're you're signed up to complete this course by such and such date (laughs) and I thought oh boy what did I just get myself into I didn't even ask to be put in these courses but I'm in it and you know it's things like learning about the executives learning about the the corporate stance from a marketing perspective learning about some of the products that is a way to view them in a light from an internal employee perspective versus a customer. So it it gives you some different insight, but you know, it's very structured and there are many, many different trainings you could take. But if you think about it, it really takes some of the burden off your direct line manager because he or she doesn't have to necessarily sit with you for a day or two and go over all the company policies and what your benefits might be and, because you have bigger teams that can be spread across the organization. And so you meet with your manager, you you get told some things to go ahead and take care of, and you get sent off to go and save the world. And he or she knows that you're working through your training plan online and can go and, and look at your progress. Oh, you know what? He actually needs to do this mm. instead of yeah. instead of this. So uh, I, I actually really like that. And of course... We have SocialCast, which is pretty cool. I mean, it's an internal-only forum where someone like me or you can post something and interact with other members of the organization. They may be in working in different offices or locations or different business units. Maybe have a question about vSAN or something, and someone can answer that. That's totally internal and yeah. you know, allows us to to be more of a community internally since we're so spread out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It, it, it's interesting that you started talking about tools. The learning platform, I think, is extremely valuable, and I wish you know, that more companies made a commitment to do that. We, we I think, outsource that to somebody else, but it still means that you know somebody has to come up with the content, somebody has to come up with the um, uh, 
you know, the curricula and the standards and, and ideas for what it is that they want. I'm sure you probably did like four or five different human resources trainings um, mm -hmm. there. And then, um, but then, yeah, you're right. Social cast is like an additional kind of cool thing that, that I found where I could, you know, go back in time almost and see like the, the threaded history of discussions around specific topics or specific activities within the company. And then I, th I thought to myself, Hey, we should probably sell this. And of course we do, <laughs> but, um, uh, I certainly haven't come across it in, in a sales cycle, uh, you know, in my two years, but, um, you know, never know, I guess, huh? Yeah. That's somebody else's strategy. That's not mine. I, <laughs> you know, maybe it's, it's difficult to sell. I, I, another thing I like that, you know, I don't think I've told you about this, but you can basically look up a person on social cast and then it's integrated with our org chart. So you can actually see who that person's manager is, um, who else is on the team, go up one level, up one level, all the way to, to Pat Gelsinger, the CEO. And um, it's actually a really good way to find out how the company's structured. So you yeah. can see, you know, the structure of like, wait, who who owns R&D? And then who owns uh, the network and security business unit? Who owns this? Who owns that? And you can really just figure all that out from social cast and the org, org chart. So, um, it's just something that I, you know, you never know, right? Like who yeah. does that person report to? Well, you can just look it up. <laughs> There's a little sense of transparency there. You know, you can see a lot of things about the company without needing to ask somebody You can just go find out. Yep. Yep. Definitely. I've definitely, um, you know, not gotten an answer back from somebody and, uh, you know, and again and again, and then after maybe like two weeks, I like have emailed the person's manager and said, is such and such with the company? Oh, no, they're on a leave of absence. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> you know, right. now I don't feel so bad, right? So. Uh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. And then how about Workspace One? Like, Workspace One is like your canvas to paint a masterpiece. You log <laughs> in with your Active Directory credentials. Well, you don't even have to log in with those because it logs you in automatically based on signing into your computer. You log into Workspace One and you have links to all these various systems like our expense reporting system, the benefits system, the social cast, the learning platform. They're all there. You can click on it. It's a one-click sign-in. I don't need a separate username and password for all these other systems. And kind of like you said offline the other day, it just sort of blows your mind how easy it makes things. Yeah, definitely. I'd never had access to a single sign-on system before I started working at VMware, so it really blew my mind. And then I know the the Sunday before you started working, you I think you sent me a text and said, "So I, I'm probably going to spend about, you know, at least a few hours like creating sign-ons for different systems, right?" And I was like, "Nope, <laughs> <laughs> you got one <laughs> single sign-on. <laughs> That's what SSO stands for." <laughs> That's right. Well, I don't know about you, but so far, I'm I'm a little anxious that no one's asked me to fix something. You know, I don't have to fix somebody's computer yet. <laughs> did, did you have that kind of? Oh, I'm I'm letting that go now. I'm doing something different. Yeah, that it's interesting because you're talking about the transition from an IT practitioner to a vendor systems engineering role, and mm -hmm. um, it'll come right because you know one of the things that we do as systems engineers is kind of look over our the the accounts that we manage uh, help manage from a technical level and and manage their escalations to 
to VMware tech support. This which, is true. Which is called GSS, it's Global Support Services, I think. And and so this is, you know, it's it happens, right? Hey, I'm having this problem. Can you help me? I'm, you know, maybe not getting a response in a timely manner. And you can go and help and figure that out. It's not helping to solve the problem, but it's helping getting the problem solved. If you see the difference there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, that makes sense. And yeah. it gets you exposure to different types of problems from different customers. So definitely educational, I'm sure. Absolutely. So, for example, I worked um, for a wholesale distributor as an individual contributor. And then um, my next job um, right before VMware was working for a, a technology distributor, actually, um, as a VMware specialist. And uh, I never worked for a financial services company, for example. So, you know, financial services, when I was helping them, you know, escalate their problems, you know, I hear what their concerns are. And then when I have another financial services customer, I can, you know, help, uh, you know, hopefully be a little bit more sensitive to the types of things that they're, they're looking for. And the same thing for retail customers and the same thing for et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, that's, that's all good stuff. Yeah. How do you think you're, uh, you're going to change in your kind of extracurricular technology activities? I know that you're a blogger, you are a um, participant on the Spiceworks forum. I think that's where we actually met um, mm-hmm. five years ago or something like that. Yeah, how time flies. <laughs> uh, let's see, how am I going to change? You know, I I think that Spiceworks will now, and Mango Lossy too, will now become a nice area that I can go to and ask questions about things I don't know about, you know, maybe competitive technologies or just finding out about different technologies that are outside of the vendor bubble. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because obviously we have internal resources that can help us learn the products. There are external resources too. But I feel like I can use the tools like online communities to continue learning and keep some idea of what the full spectrum of technology is out there and not get black holed into, well, I only see it VMware's way and I can't consider any other options or know how those options work. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a that's a really important uh, position to maintain, right? To be able to, to be uh, trusted by the people who are asking you for advice. If you can say, you know, VMware has like the second best solution to this. Um, but I think it's probably, you know, specific to you. It's it's probably best because of you know A, B, and C. Um, but mm-hmm. if, you, if you weren't invested in those things, then you might want to, you know, look at the the number one solution or something like that. Um, and or even just be able to call out the other solutions. Oh yeah, you know, there's solution X, solution Y, and solution Z. Um, but really, you should think about our solution because of the following. And if you don't know about those things, then people think that you are you know, like you said, right in that vendor bubble, you don't know anything about mm-hmm. the marketplace. You don't know anything about the problems that people are actually facing. So being in that, uh, especially Spiceworks, since it is, you know, what VMware would, would call customers in that um, commercial segment, small and medium-sized mm-hmm. businesses. Sure. Um, you still see the flow of problems that people have in that space, right? And not just virtualization, not just data center, but technology in general. So when you kind of 
surf that flow of problems that people are having, you have a better sense for the marketplace. And then that means you're more relevant to your customers. Right, which is what you want. Definitely. And obviously I'll have to do some of my own lab time because I don't have infrastructure that I get to play with necessarily every day. So lots of lots of lab time I think will be coming because I need to be playing with the technology as I'm learning about it as mm, well. Definitely, yeah. One thing I want to ask you, John, you know, as you transitioned from the internal IT role to working for a vendor, did the way you approach the online community participation change in any way, you know, in the amount of time you spent or the way you worded your posts, anything like that? Were you extra cautious of certain things? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And a lot of that, I think, you know, there's there's probably two effects. One was... Um, I certainly wanted to, you know, it wasn't a secret that I work for VMware. Um, you know, most, uh, online forums have some kind of, you know, link back to your LinkedIn or, you know, you put in who you work for. And I, and I didn't want to keep that a secret and I, I didn't want to, um, be a bad representative of the company. If you're on an online forum, you know, trolling or being a jerk, then, you know, it reflects badly on your employer. So it's not really something that I did anyway, but um, I try to be extra um, sensitive about, you know, the odd sarcastic reply that would slip out. And, you know, why are you doing it that way? Like, you know, hey, you're the cutting edge of 1994 uh, is, you know, probably something that I'll sarcastically say. And uh, it doesn't need to be said, you know, to somebody who is honestly in trouble or, you know, looking for help. Right. Um, so I think I ratcheted that back. Um and then I also wanted to moderate like um, kind of whipping, you know, VMware products because that is, you know, who I work for. You know, I do that for a <laughs> living and like, you know, those people don't need to hear it. Like if they're specifically asking about a VMware product or, you know, features or, you know, pricing and packaging, you know, I'm happy to chime in, chime in on, on that. But, you know, if someone's saying, Hey, I'm looking for like a storage solution. And I, you know, it's, it's not helpful if I jump in and say, you should consider vSAN. I'm sure, I'm sure that I've done that, you know, when it, it really felt like it was the appropriate solution in that situation. Um, but I really try to avoid doing that because somebody else can do that, you know, and I can maybe say, Hey, here's why I think it's, you know, good and bad, but, um, I work for the company that, you know, why, if, if I just, you know, talk about my company's products all the time, then, then I have no credibility. So. Sure. Yeah, that's good. And, you know, somebody may see on those forums that you work for VMware and try to kind of use you as an additional resource or as an inroad to talk with other resources at the company. You know, we have specialists on different products. So may say, Hey John, you know, I need, I need help from an NSX standpoint. Do you have somebody that I can talk to for 30 minutes? Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I think I probably um, wouldn't mind doing that um, in specific situations. One, if I knew, you know, what that uh, customer's coverage was, and I could actually find that specialist, um, mm -hmm. that probably um, wouldn't be a problem. I also, you know, would probably try to talk about the specific thing, like, you know, kind of go through what we go through on a daily basis, which is, you know, qualify, um, the specialist time, right? If, uh, if the person saying, I just need to know, 
you know, what NSX does. I keep on hearing what it is. And, you know, can you get me a specialist to talk about this? Well, that's not really a specialist discussion. A specialist is really trying to like get you to a proof of concept and, and really um, help you debug like deep technical, um, you know, parts of that product. What that person needs is like a general education session about the product. And it, that's more appropriate for either a one-on-one -on -one conversation or like, you know, we have great, you know, YouTube videos on what these products do, right? So I'm oh, happy yeah. to, to point them to that or, you know, to a white paper or if if none of that is, you know, I've, I, you know, I've done that and I've done that and I still don't get it, you know, can you just find me somebody to talk to for 30 minutes? I'm like, then I'll talk to them, you know, one-on-one -on -one for 30 minutes. And if they really do have, you know, deep technical problems at that, you know, questions that I, I can't answer, then... You know, I'm happy to hook hook them up with a specialist because at that point in time, I can say, "Hey, the person's watched this video. They've read this white paper. Um, they understood this part. I actually talked to them. You know, they needed uh, more knowledge than I actually have. And here were you know example questions. Um, and here is you know I'm doing a warm handoff. Um, but you know, I'm also trying to you know limit my form you know participation to being helpful, not to my job role, right? Like I don't want my online form participation to be like me looking for customers to sell stuff to. Like that's not like I'm not a salesperson, I'm a systems engineer, right? So uh you know people right. don't want they don't want salespeople around. So <laughs> <laughs> And and you might say the same. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well we won't make you answer that online or on the air. <laughs> So um, with that, farewell listeners. Uh, tune in next time as the journey continues. I'm John White at B Journeyman for Nick Cordy at Network Nerd underscore. Signing off. See you next time. Adios. Adios.